intro music for this segment. Well done, Angie. Uh, one week. What does one week look like? What does a work week look like? Have you noticed that after a stat holiday and a longer weekend, the talk really ramps up about creating shorter work weeks? Now, Canada Day uh, this year was on a Thursday, so it really wasn't a traditional long weekend, but it still gets tongues wagging, doesn't it? And then there's also the study out of Iceland suggesting a shortened work hours can work, that that employees can maintain productivity or even improve it, that it improves overall employee morale and mental health. That was a relatively small study, but it does get you talking. Could it actually work on a large scale? And how much change would be required by our society for that to actually happen? Lear Samfiro is a partner with Samfiro Tamarkin LLP, employment lawyers, joining us uh, here on 6.30 Chet Mornings. We have chatted with him many times before. Good to have you back. Always a pleasure. Uh, well, always is it? I don't know. That that seems like a hyperbole. <laughs> I'm, I'm being polite. Uh, mostly a pleasure. Very good. I'll take that. You know, while we this this conversation ends up always reverting to the four day work week, like it's the the holy grail. This this Iceland study was actually more about shortened work hours uh, overall. But you know, it, is is talking about a four day work week? Is that an overly simplified way of looking at this larger conversation? It really is, and that particular study, uh, you know, given the fact that it was a small study and over a short period of time, I don't know that it's a real indicator of what things will happen in the real world should employers try to shorten the work week or, or give that flexibility. There have been other uh, pilot projects undertaken in, in Europe and in the U.S. where employers said, fine, employees, we're going to give you the ability to work less hours, but we expect you to get the work done, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to have to come in at 9 o'clock, no exceptions, no being late. You're going to put your phone away. You're not going to go on social media. You're not going to be interacting with your colleagues because you, we need you to get the work done. Well, you know, I, I don't think you'd be surprised to learn that employees ultimately were not happy with that, and a lot of employers ended up losing employees because some of the, the element that people like at work was lost, the ability to interact with your colleagues, the ability to take little breaks from the workday, that was gone. So I think to simplify and say, well, employees are going to be happier and everything is going to be better just because the work week is shorter, I think is, a, is an oversimplification. I think we need to look at things such as flexibility, ability to work from home, giving employees options. I don't know that it's going to be a one-size-fits-all scenario. And I guess it is how you frame it, too, because this small study, again, that sort of sparked this conversation in Iceland, it was it sort of looked at it being organic. So we reduce the number of hours, and then you expect organically, because it's a good feeling and that they're happy, et cetera, that productivity goes up. Happy employees make for more productive employees. Instead of being regimented and saying, you, you must, 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 if you allow it to be organic, maybe that can work. Well, it, it, it might. I just think that longer term, there's going to be the additional uh, burn that employees are going to feel because the work still needs to get done. The employers are still going to expect the same amount of work. They're not going to say, well, you're working four days, so we're going to expect uh, 20% less work. So in that respect, there's going to inevitably be that added pressure, and I think it's going to start wearing on employees. I think certainly in the short term, most employees are going to be happy. That happiness may well increase productivity, but I think the longer term, when more is expected and more
horses, uh, and more pressure is put on employees to get all that work done, I think it's going to end up having a negative effect. So I don't know. And, and for some employees, maybe they know that that could work well. I think for others, it won't. So this is where I go back to saying that I think employers are going to be wise to have employees given the option. And for some employees, that may mean, no, no, I, I want to have my flexibility. I want to take my hour-long lunch and, you know, be able to check my messages and check in with my family during the day. Other employees just, I want to come in, put my head down, do my work, and get out of here as quickly as possible. So uh, we're going to have to consider both options. So uh, when we talk about the four-day work week, is that is that a misnomer? Is that a, is that a is that like the the holy grail of, of changing out? Is, is it even realistic in Canada? I I am not particularly optimistic. I think that uh, you know we've seen now during COVID nineteen with the, the pressures that employees are facing. You know those certainly even those employees that were fortunate enough to continue working. Uh, there's been a lot more and more mental health issues and and those types of issues coming to the for, forefront. My concern would be that with the added pressures of getting all your work done in four days with no ability to to interact, you're going to see more of those types of situations. Burnout, mental health issues, people suffering from stress and anxiety, which is then going to, of course, mean they're going to be out of the workplace for a while, increasing the pressure on the employer and all the other employees. So I am not convinced, as much as I, I like the, the idea at first blush, I'm not convinced that that is really that holy grail, that, that solution that's going to fix all workplace problems. Uh, I think flexibility is good, ability to work from home for some employees, having that may shorten someone's work uh, workday instead of having to leave the house at eight to be uh, to be at work at nine. I can start right at nine and I have my eight to nine time to do whatever I want. I think that may be the holy grail. Having that flexibility may be more actually effective. Uh, that, that's interesting, and then it's also the case that this pandemic has been really hard on a lot of people, but it has also created opportunity for conversation, and as you've mentioned a few times here, uh, just a, sort of a change in, in attitude and in, and in how we do the job. So that flexibility is, is, is not going to be a national thing because, like you said, you can't go across all, you know, a public sector employee as opposed to a private enterprise employee, two totally different things, but that conversation is really underway right now. Certainly, employers and employees have realized, wait a second, there's other ways to get work done, things that we couldn't have contemplated or, or wouldn't even have turned our mind to prior to the pandemic. And now that is leading to these conversations. Well, wait a second, there's other ways. We don't need someone at the office on a workstation a Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. There's other ways to get the work done. And that is obviously a very good conversation to have. One word of caution, of course, for employers and employees is that, you know, with the pandemic being a very unique situation, certainly employers could expect you know, to change terms of employment somewhat for that duration of time. But once the pandemic, hopefully soon, will be behind us, employers are not going to be able to necessarily unilaterally decide, well, we've decided now you're going to continue working from home just because it's worked so well. That is a change in terms of employment that an employee does not necessarily have to accept. So both employers and employees can expect at the end of the pandemic for things to go back to the, the way they were pre-pandemic. So I think the best advice here is if an employer does want to change terms of employment, does want to make things different in the way they were pre-pandemic, rather than impose it and say that's the way it's going to be, have that conversation. Understand what the employee needs, understand how 
how that's going to work for the employee. Uh, and that is certainly the better way than saying, I've decided that's it. You may not actually have the right to do that. Uh, these conversations must be underway. These negotiations must be underway right now uh, all across the country. Certainly good employers are doing that. Some employers I know have simply tried to make that decision. We've decided this is what's happening. Not going to be a very effective way. So I do absolutely encourage employers and employees to have those conversations. What works for one employee or even one employer may not work for another. But we now understand that we can create these custom workplace solutions that are going to be effective things. Again, we wouldn't have thought about over a year ago. So for some, that may be a shortened work week, for sure. For others, it may be something completely different. But now's the time to have those conversations. Is there a different attitude in North America? And I know that there is, so I'll get you to expand on it. But there, there is an entirely different attitude in North America, Canada, and the United States, anyway, as opposed to Europe as well. And that's where that Denmark study came out of. Uh, so so we're, we are talking sort of apples and oranges as far as societies as well, aren't we? Yeah, certainly. Societies, cultures, expectations are going to be different across countries, uh, no, no doubt, you know, and, and for, for various reasons. I think in North America, there is that expectation that you're going to have a supportive work environment. You know, you're not a, you're not a machine, you're a human being. And then because of that, you, you are expected to have certain privileges in the workplace. So any work situation where takes away those privileges by saying, well, you know, we're going to give you something else. We're going to give you a short work week, but all the other privileges you had are going to go away or at least going to be reduced. I'm not sure that's going to go over well here in North America, maybe better in Europe. So, you know, looking at this study and saying, well, if it worked over there, uh, it's going to work over here. I think that is somewhat misguided. Uh, and again, different workplaces based on the age of the employees and the nature of the work of the employees may require different uh, different roles and, and different flexibilities. So an employer should look at its workplace, not what someone else is doing, whether it's in the same country or out of the country, and try to figure out what's going to work best for these people, for my workforce. I think that's the way to do it. Uh, and there are a lot of businesses that are also struggling. There's some bottom line issues as well. Does that add to uh, the, the intensity of some of these conversations? And then I'm sure that you're seeing it already in, in labor law and in employment relations and that kind of thing that, that you guys are in. Uh, is that playing a role? I would think it has to. Oh, it's huge right now. Uh, you know, many, many businesses have not been fortunate to just weather the storm unscathed and are now dealing with a very different environment and, and, and different situation that they're facing. And they may have to implement the things just to continue working, reducing hours, maybe changing roles, uh, reducing the workforce, maybe even uh, reducing pay. And despite the pandemic, that's not something an employer can do unilaterally. Even though an employer may be struggling, it can't say, well, I'm just going to reduce salaries 20% across the board. Yeah. Can't do that. So this is where we still have to go back to what I was saying about having those conversations with employees and trying to work things out. Maybe we'll agree on changes on a temporary basis and we'll make things up back to you down the road. Uh, so despite struggling, despite the fact that you're not operating in the same way that you were pre-COVID-19, the employer has to remember that the terms of employment are set in stone and cannot just be changed unilaterally. Have that conversation, agree to terms, always reduce things to writing. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. If you do that, hopefully you'll, you'll be a better position 
and go back to the way things work. Good stuff, good conversation. Thanks so much for your time again this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Uh, we've been chatting with Leora Samfiro, who's a partner in Samfiro to Markin LLP.